Hello, and welcome back to OWC Radio. It's time for OWC Radio, Tech Talk with Creatives, conversations with host Serena Catania. Doing this, this is fun. Oh, it's my my pleasure. Of course, my dog is trying to kill the mailman right now. And while my dog tries to attack the mailman, I have Richard Taylor, the host of Final Cut TV with millions of views between that and all his other channels. And today we are talking gossip and gear. Richard, thank you for coming on my show. I've been on your show many times and... <laughs> I'm returning to favor. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> you have a very, very popular show. By the way, tell our listeners about it because I want to. Um, I want them to go over there and check you out. Well, is I have I have three main things. I have Final Cut Pro Radio, which is my podcast that I've been doing for nine years. FCPRadio.com. It's on Apple Podcast. Then I have FCPX.TV which now is the longest-running Final Cut Pro X website. It's been going on since the dawn of Final Cut Pro X. So that's two things. And then in the last year, I've started Final Cut TV, not Final Cut Pro TV, but Final Cut TV. And we have Final Cut TV and coffee every Saturday morning, 42 episodes. So we'll be one year doing that in 10, 10 more episodes. Wow. So well, that's on my YouTube channel, Final Cut uh, Richard Taylor TV. You have an amazing, uh, just an amazing knowledge of everything that's going on in our world. And it's always nice to talk to you. You're you're one of my go to friends when I can't figure something out. I call Richard. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm, I'm honored. I'm honored. <laughs> so I was thinking about the holidays coming up and friends and of course family first of all but friends are so important and you're a dear and very old friend uh, absolutely and and then i started thinking about the summit and i know that it was what 3 weeks ago now and maybe yep. it may not be brand new news but it's still in our minds and in our hearts and i just kind of wanted to talk to you about that the 2023 summit was very very special number one we haven't been together since 2019 Numbered, so that's the first time we've been together at the summit since 2019. The virtual ones are a substitute when we can't get together, but they are not a substitute for an in-person event. No, Under any circumstances, they are not as good. So getting back to in-person summit was fantastic. Our friends that we've known for years and years and years, and we had a new crop of Final Cut Pro editors, enthusiasts, in there as well, which is always good. It's always good to have the younger generation in there as well. I thought that this summit was one of the best, if not the best, for the summit itself. Now the accommodations could have been a little bit could have been more cohesive since we were staying at a hotel that right. was one mile away from where the event was, like we used to do at Juniper from what but from what I understand, the Juniper was an issue accommodating future media concepts this time. So that's why they did it the way they did. But I would rather have that by far than not have one at all. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't mind the Aloft. I thought it was a nice hotel. The Loft was fine. It was free was parking. Completely fine. <laughs> yeah, I no, love the free parking. Great. And it wasn't that far. Some people were walking. I, I had my car because I drove up from San Diego. So I had my car and I was able to commute, so to speak. 
And, you know, the cheeseburgers and fries at 10 o'clock at night weren't so bad. Sure. sure. <laughs> and everybody hanging out in the lobby. It was really, it was really nice. There were some superstars budding at the new Final Cut. And one of them is a friend of mine, Dylan Bates, who's the Final Cut bro. I think. Well, I've known him for, I've known him for about two years. Yeah. We met him at NAD a couple of years ago. Dylan's amazing and very charming and very knowledgeable. And it was kind of fun to see him. And his father was in the audience cheering him on, which I also love. He gave a couple of sessions that I thought were very informative. Multicam, what the workflow with multicam and, and just right. general workflow. So we'll be seeing a lot more of Dylan in the near future. One funny moment I'm thinking about is we were sitting in the room in the Apple offices where they did the presentation and you and I were sitting together. Of course, you're much more efficient than I am because you were literally taking notes and I was just, you know, being empathetic. The cheerleader that I am, I was just watching everything. And I remember when they announced the scrolling timeline and I just didn't even think I went, oh my God. And I think everybody in the room laughed, but we've been waiting for that for a long time. How do you feel about it? I, I was shocked that they released the scrolling timeline in 10.7. Pleasantly, pleasantly, I've been hoping for the scrolling timeline for over 15 years. Yeah. And I've been, uh, my top 100 list has had the scrolling timeline at number one for 15 years, but I didn't think it was coming in 10.7 for some reason. Yeah. I thought we were going to get maybe text-based editing or an audio mixer. And I was shocked when I saw, you know, what was interesting, Bill Davis, the head of the uh, Final Cut Pro team, he brought that image on screen and it had a little scrolling timeline icon. And I saw that and I said, is that a scrolling timeline? <laughs> now, the interesting thing was, yes, we had the scrolling timeline is probably the main feature. But where's that icon? I haven't seen the icon anywhere. No. It, you know, the icon, I was expecting it to be at the toolbar and in, in the Final Cut Pro timeline. And it's not there. Hmm. And I instantly recognized it as the scrolling timeline. So maybe that'll show up. They should have a scrolling timeline button on that toolbar above the timeline. Mm -hmm. Turn it on, turn it off. Well, I'll tell you, I'm never going to turn it off. I, you know, I work on long form most of the time. And, and it's been, it's just been my nemesis to get into Final Cut and have that, have everything disappear. And you no, don't it's, know. It's been, and then you have to stop been, scrolling and then it readjusts and you see it again. And then you start I call again. it the, oh. uh, I call it the where, where's Waldo playhead because <laughs> yeah. it scrolls off the screen. Absolutely. It makes no sense for a playhead to ever leave the screen. No, it doesn't. My comment was people were, were saying that, well, you can make a shortcut to turn it on and off because it's available in the uh, Final Cut Pro keyboard shortcuts. And I said, I went to the settings tab and I super glued my scrolling <laughs> timeline so it can never be turned off. I yeah. super glued it. Yeah. Why would so, anyone not want to see the cursor on well, the timeline? Why? I'm not understand. used to it. You know, they've been not used to it in Final Cut to so some people. And then we have some people that just don't want it. Well, that's why it's an option. Well, not in my world. It's on there permanently. And I'm, oh, absolutely. I'm loving it. Absolutely. I am just loving it because... I've been editing some of these long interviews from my trip to DC and I'm just so happy. So happy. Oh, absolutely. Long for long form. It's been the, one of the top requests that they've had since the, the birth of Final Cut Pro. It's one of the top requests. So people that think that this isn't important, they're wrong. They're absolutely incorrect. It's very important. You don't want it. Just turn it off. 
But th those of us that have wanted it for years, like yourself and me, uh, when I talked to Philip at the Creative Summit, he said that's his favorite feature. A lot of people have said the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. So well, it's a top request. It finally has gotten here. It, and it's working on Intel machines. Yeah. It could not have been easy to to code, though. I mean, it must have taken a lot of work, or I think they would have done it a long time ago. You know, sometimes we ask for features and it seems like, well, why can't you just give me that? But there's hundreds of sometimes, people. <laughs> sometimes we always ask for features. <laughs> Everything we ask for, we want immediately. That's like true. inpatient I children. Want I want it, we want now. it immediately. I want a, I want an, a roles-based mixer. I want text-based editing. I want auto captions. I want them now, 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 now. Well, <laughs> This is, I'm fairly patient person, but 12 years is a long time, yeah. and, but finally it paid off. I cannot I so repeat, there at, I yeah. cannot repeat the language I was using prior to having scrolling timeline it was so annoying. That's, that's an interesting addition. Now, basically what it is, right Right now we have the ability to do that exact same thing in the primary. We can use connected clips and go, go to the primary. This is just, instead of the primary, it's going to a secondary storyline. So for a lot of people, they like that, especially if they're exporting an XML for like Pro Tools or something that makes it simpler or even resolve. Personally, if I stacked clips and pancake clips, I'd keep them that way. Because I want him that way. <laughs> you know who always teases me about pancaking is Bradley. Bradley's always looking at my timelines going, what are you doing? <laughs> you need to compress that. Oh, my goodness. Well, here's, here's, here's one thing. Initially, I thought you could do the connected storyline and then open it back up again to change things and then recompress. But I don't think that's the case. Mm. So here's a tip. Make a copy of your project before you collapse that storyline. That's a good idea. So you have the original to go back to, yeah. because I think that if you decompress it, everything's going to be cut the way it is in the secondary. It's not going to be the way it was originally. Right. No, that's good so advice. Make a, make a copy of your project, your timeline, before you compress it. And, you know, for those of you listening, that's a good idea to do anytime you upgrade yes. software. And I was using it this morning with trying to fix the mess that QuickBooks has made since they went to an online version. And, and I was thinking about you this morning because I'm saving all the old versions, even though I'm dealing with support to try to get all of my work back in the new version. And uh, I thought about you and you, I learned that from you, actually, because this final cut over the years has made improvements and new versions have come out. You've always told me, save the other version. And the one time I Everything. didn't do it, I regretted it. So now I do. Yeah. I'm live the same way. Yeah. Before I update it, I make a backup copy. And I put them, I don't know, do you leave them in your applications folder? You put them in a separate folder within the applications folder? How do you file that? Well, I what I typically do is make another, I make a secondary folder. Right. It's called um, like Final Cut Legacy. Mm -hmm. I drop copies in that. That's a better way of naming it. I call it Z underscore old. <laughs> there you go. As long as you can identify it. Yeah. yeah. So roles, I'm not really understanding the new version of looking at roles. I haven't paid too much attention to it. I'm sure it's wonderful. Can, can you talk can about that? Yeah, I can explain it to you. So what it is, is this. Before... This update, the video roll always took the color of the audio roll. Mm -hmm. 
the audio roll dominated. So even if you had a separate color for the video roll, when senses sense the clip, the audio and video are together, the audio roll was the color always. Oh, I now, see. now if you expand audio uh, below the video, the video roll color will be there on the timeline. It wasn't before. Okay, because I'm always using separate audio, so it hasn't really been an issue for me. What I do is not I, for that. No, yeah, no, it hasn't really been an issue. But I'll I'll take a look at it because you know obviously I want to learn as much as I can. So this reveal in browser is another feature that everybody's going, this is great. This is great. It's like a finder, only it's easier to use. Can you talk about that? The, the reveal in browser, I use it all the time. Shift F, mm -hmm. click on something, shift F, go mm -hmm. to the browser. Mm -hmm. Half the time, I can't see where it is. I can't see the playhead. Half the time, I just can't see where is it? Where's the clip? They need to do something better with that. Either highlight the clip, make it make the playhead bigger or highlight the clip that it's mm -hmm. in. So is that on your list now? Oh, that's been on my list for a while. So browser, I think it's browser improvements. I'm <laughs> gonna show you, I wanna show you something. <laughs> Since you brought that up. Merry Christmas. And cross the number one thing off my list. Finally, I could cross, I did this this morning. I crossed off the number one thing that's been on there forever, yeah. forever. Thank you to the like. team. I, Thank you, thank oh, you, did. thank you. Yeah, they're Absolutely. amazing. Right, right now I have the Zoom screen in front of my eCam live screen, but I have a hardware controller so I can switch, which is which is makes it more more reliable. You know, I was so. using eCam when it very first came out, and I absolutely loved it. And then for some reason, then I went to Skype for a while, and mm -hmm. then I now I'm on Zoom. I also have Riverside, and I have Streamyard. And I'm kind of thinking about what is the best way to do this, you know, and I, I keep defaulting to Zoom just because I know it so well now and it's easy, but it's got its own set of problems. When I get audio, it's a lot of times it's 32 kilohertz instead of 44, one or 48 kilohertz. Yeah, there is a setting in Zoom now where if you click on that, you don't have that problem. I hope I've I hope I've activated that for this interview. Well, the other the other thing is is 25 frames per second which is european yeah yeah i see that all the time too so i'm just, you know it's just i'm sure it's just settings for people on file cut it's not such a problem but if you're using one of the other services it could become a problem and you have to recode things and convert and yeah but you know, final cut's not a problem you can just drop it in and it it, it works yeah, fine it's fine it works fine no, so fine. the collapse the secondary storyline we have the scrolling timeline we have the reveal and browser keyword collection thing we have the new roles colors and was there one more thing well i'm I have sure there is but i'm not recalling it i'll tell you what i did want to ask you about have you tried final cut for ipad because i went into a couple of the demos during the summit I was pleasantly surprised. I'm not someone that normally would edit on my iPad. You know, I'm used to having all these huge monitors and, you know, I've got three monitors going and it's exactly. practically surround here and I yep. like it, but I was shocked at, at how efficient it is and how easy it is to use. And I'm thinking, had I had it on the plane coming back from Washington, D.C., and I could have been editing on the iPad and doing some of the DIT work, I would have had the media on the iPad and I could have been working with that on the plane. LumaFusion, you can yeah. edit directly from the SSD. Yeah. You don't have to transfer the stuff to the iPhone. LumaFusion does it. 
Final Cut Pro does not. You know, I have that interview that you actually helped me with because you cut it in LumaFusion with Terry. Really need to release that. Just been. Yes, you should. I did that, what, two months ago? Before she changes her hair color. (laughs) She's awesome, though. She's amazing. You know, that just reminds me. We have so many wonderful friends. We really do. I'm so happy to be a part of our little tech group. And there were people at the summit from Australia, from Germany, from London, from all over the United States. And that's the other yep. part. So that that was Absolutely. that was really wonderful. And back to the iPad, I was very surprised at how many features from Final Cut were actually embedded into the iPad version. So it looks like that for especially for the young high schoolers that we work with, right? They love working on the iPad. So I really can see the younger generation using it a lot. It's a smart move. Yeah. Well, it's it's an entry level version of Final Cut Pro mm-hmm. at four ninety nine a month. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you don't have three hundred dollars to spend two ninety nine on the full version right. for the Mac, don't have a Mac. It's very smart for that. The idea you can start start and stop the subscription with Apple. It's simple. You can buy it too for four forty nine dollars a year. Right. Yeah. But I'm just saying, if you don't want to do that, if you want to just for one month, you stop. do for one month. Yeah. And you stop it, and it's easy. Apple makes it so subscriptions so so easy to start and stop. Everything I get subscriptions for, if I can, I do it through Apple. Yeah, I agree. I just, to be honest with you, I just subscribed to Apple TV for a year before the price went up because the price is going up. So I said, let me subscribe, and I subscribed for a year, so I'm locked in at that price. At least I think I am. I have to check and make sure that they did that. But the Final Cut Pro Creator Summit, first off. Apple, kudos to Apple. Yeah. Leaving us come to Apple Park. Yeah. Kudos to the Final Cut Pro team. Kudos to Future Media Concepts. Yes. Ben, ben and his whole team. Megan, especially those two that I dealt with. I'm looking forward to, I already posted this, the Final Cut Pro Creative Summit 2024. I'm, I'm, I'm excited for that to happen. Right. That we get a visit to Apple Park. If those of us who have been there in person and who have met that team can attest to the fact that they really care about us and they care about what they do. And whenever I oh, hear, absolutely, you know, there's people out there in the Netherlands, they'll diss anything. And I don't, I just don't want to hear it because I think the team at Apple has just been incredible to us and they're always responsive. They read every email that goes in. They, you know, whenever you have any kind of a problem, you send an email, they read it. They may not respond to you directly, but I know that they read yeah, it. That's the distinction. People think that they read the email, they're going to send them a personal reply. No, no. that's said. They said they read the emails. Yeah, they do. So here's a couple of things I took away from the Creative Summit with the Q&A with the Final Cut Pro team. Number one is they said, yes, they read the emails. Yes, they get the request. They are going to update Final Cut Pro according to their schedule, not according to anybody else's schedule, okay? Not according to my schedule, although I wish they would adopt my schedule, but they said, (laughs) no, we're not going to do that. So they've let us know, yes, perhaps they're developing it slower than we would like. I think by and large, that's a true statement across the board. The users would like the updates to come faster because it has slowed down dramatically in the last four years. They're still going to update it on their schedule. They've made that clear. They're going to update it on their schedule. It's like, so sad, too bad. We're working as hard as we can. Well, it's not so much too bad. I think they're, they're not saying we ignore you. They're just saying we hear you, but we're up. We, you don't know what's going on behind the scenes and what it takes to get a scrolling timeline. 
we're updating it on our schedule, and that's just the way it's going to be. We hear your requests. They didn't say they know that things have been slow, but they have been slow. I mean, when we went from 10.4 to 10.5, 10.4 had all kinds of new features. When we got to 10.5, the only feature was Apple Silicon native. Mm-hmm. That was the feature for 10.5. But here's one, one thing that I've realized with 10.5, 10.6, and 10.7. When we used to get a full number update, we had a whole laundry list of new features mm-hmm. in that full point update. They stopped doing that at 10.5. They don't do that anymore. 10.5, 10.6, and 10.7, they just spread the updates along the life cycle of each one of those full number updates. They don't use the full number update for a big feature up release anymore. So that's fine. Now that I know it, I don't expect those big laundry list features, but we have just entered the era of Final Cut Pro 10.7. This is the very beginning. So for the next year or two, we will be dealing with Final Cut Pro 10.7. We'll get more features along that along that line. The other other two that we got was enhanced object track. Yeah. So now the object tracker that uses machine learning is an option. They didn't have that before. And accelerated H.265 and H.264 there you go. Yeah. exports with Apple Silicon machines. There are a couple of machines here at the office that are not Silicon. And I just think that if I'm going to keep up, I'm going to have to update. Okay. Maybe it's a tax deduction before the end of the year. So let's gossip for a minute. Let's gossip for a minute. Let's talk about, let's talk about Nick Haraz and the great job he did finding speakers. And, you know, a lot of the speakers I was saying, I was, and I have to, I'm sorry to admit this, but I was saying, I've seen these people so many times, but I have to say they were wonderful. And there was a lot of new information and I don't want to forget anybody, but right, there were some people that stood out and I, Storm was one of them. And I know you reacted very positively to Storm Smith and her, her talk about accessibility. Storm Smith's presentation was probably my favorite presentation in the whole summit. And I wasn't expecting that. I was not expecting her presentation to be so fantastic. It was captivating. She is captivating. Absolutely fantastic. It may, it may, I'm not going to say any more than this, but it may have changed my life. Wow. That presentation may have changed my life. We'll know more in the future, but it may actually, it may have changed my life. But hers was the standout, I think, presentation. And I wasn't expecting that. I mean, of course, everybody else was great. You know, all the presentations were great. Storm's an amazing presenter. I love that she started out the first probably 30 seconds, but it felt like an eternity. She was signing. For those of you who don't know, Storm is a very successful filmmaker, uh, director, producer, teacher. Uh, she's with Gallaudet University now, but for years was with BBDNO, and I've known her for quite a while. Cool. She spent the first 30 seconds signing with no interpretation by Mandy. And so I'm going, Mandy, Mandy, you're not saying anything. Right. And it was really awkward because we couldn't understand. I don't know sign language. I wish I did. And then the point was, that was uncomfortable, wasn't it? And that was a perfect way to demonstrate to all of us yes. how uncomfortable it is when you don't speak the same language. We speak yes. a hearing language. Storm speaks a sign language. 
And marrying the two is very important. So for me, there were some takeaways from that. I'd love to hear from you what your takeaways were. Well, like I said, her presentation was fantastic. But there's one thing that I want. When I worked at the National Archives, Mm -hmm. I had a disagreement with them about they used to do a picture in picture of a person signing. Mm -hmm. And they used that in place of captions. No. And I told them, no, listen, number one is the majority of people that are hard of hearing don't know sign language. My mother in her 90s, she can't hear that well. She doesn't know sign language. Mm -hmm. So using that as a replacement for captions, no. Typically, you have a person that that has sign language if there's a request in the live audience for it. But it is not a substitute for captions because captions are more universal. Everybody can read captions right. for a video. Right. For in person, yes. It works, if, especially if there's a request. Yeah. I kind of think sign. you need both. You know, I uh, Builder, when I go into Builder, Builder will send me back a captioned version if I want to turn that on. So I can do closed captions using Builder and it makes it really easy. I just feel yes. good about it when I know that what I'm working on is accessible to more people. No, no, absolutely. Yeah. So Storm was amazing. And of course, Steve and Mark, the dynamic duo from Ripple Training, they split up and they were doing different presentations. I just could watch them and, and listen to them forever. They're so they're so compact and so intelligent. Yes. We had a, I think it was with you. We had a uh, Final Cut TV live. And I I brought up the schedule, and Mark and Steve were competing with each other. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> according to the schedule. Yeah, they well, moved it. <laughs> after that live stream, it changed, and they were no longer competing with each other. Yeah, they moved it. I, they moved it. <laughs> I said that's that's weird. They're competing with each other. The two Ripple training guys, but yeah, that that changed after our live stream. After I brought that up, they switched it around. They're just wonderful people too, and. And of course, I love watching Ian Anderson. He's he's brilliant. Nick did social media workflows. Are they allowing people who weren't there to to listen in to any of the sessions? I don't think so. I don't think they were recorded. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. I recorded and I recorded it with my Lumix S5 Mark II X and my iPhone 15 Pro Max. I got some pretty good footage. Yeah. What what do you use for sound? Because there wasn't a moat box in the front of the room, so you were using live sound, right? Yeah, I, I just I had a, a Sennheiser MKE six hundred, mm-hmm. a shotgun microphone, just pointed at the speakers, and it's fine. It worked. It you seemed to work fine. I saw some of what you recorded. It seemed to work fine. You know, my other favorite people are a couple. Uh, the Post Lab, the guys from Post Lab, had some announcements, and that was wonderful. And then it's always fun. Um, Isaac Taronis, of course, and then George Edmondson. From the Motion VFX, um, presenting the Motion VFX, what was new with them. That's always fun. The guys from Seed Creative. The holidays are coming, so it's always nice to reminisce about friends, and that's what we're doing. But let's talk about the iPhone Pro, because I know you've been using the 15 for a while. So have I. I am in love with it. How about you? It's a game changer, number one. The long overdue USB-C port. Mm Should have had it years ago, in my opinion. That you can, like I said, LumaFusion, you can record directly to an SSD. LumaFusion is the only app that lets you edit off 
of the SSD on the iPhone 15 Pro and Pro Max. Only app that can do that. You can edit off of it. Wow. So yes, you can record. And then let's talk about the Blackmagic camera app. Fantastic. I love it. Grant Petty shoots a home run out of the ballpark. <laughs> yeah. He gives us to it free. Yeah. When I was watching the demo of that live, I'm going, what's that going to be? I said, please don't make it a subscription. <laughs> no, Not it's free. Get a subscription, but he said, no, it's free. Yeah. I love that you can shoot and you can immediately, the proxies are going into the Blackmagic cloud so that your editor, wherever they are in the world, they can start working on it. That That's a game changer for me. It's yes. amazing. It's just amazing. I shot and with the Blackmagic pocket camera in DC and I liked it. I, I, I liked it. But I have to tell you, I also shot a lot with the iPhone 15. I've done the exact same thing. So I brought my Lumix S5 Mark II X because mm -hmm. of I've, every time we have a creative summit, it's the same thing. The classrooms are dark. Mm -hmm. They're always dark. Yeah. They're, they're not lit up like a stage. They're not lit up like stage lighting. None of those classrooms have that. They have overhead lighting. It's terrible. And okay. I know the guys just, just, you know, Ben and the whole team were trying to get that fixed. They could not. I don't know what the problem was in there, but they couldn't but it's, fix it's it. It's a creative summit. It's every, it, yeah. everyone's exactly the same. But this, it's what I'm saying is hotels don't have that ability. They don't have stage lighting pointing toward the, the presenters. So it's not coming from above. They don't have that. You know what I'm going to do? Next year, I'm going to bring my own lights. <laughs> I'm going to bring lights and I'm going to put them in the room. <laughs> well, the thing is with my Lumix S5 Mark II X, and it's a low light beast. I was able to do stuff that the regular camera would not do with the iPhone. Would the iPhone was really dark on stage when the stages were dark? The Lumix, I just had a higher really? ISO. And it looks great. Oh yeah, that's why I brought it. And you didn't get a lot of noise. No, no. The Lumix is low. It has a dual ISO. It's low light. It's a low light monster. It's meant for low light, which is the, one of the reasons that I bought it. It has it has new face detect autofocus and it's low light, dual native ISOs. So it's absolutely fantastic with that. And I brought it specifically because of past creative summits. Now, I'm not going to take it to NAB. I don't need it at NAB because I'm not shooting any classrooms. I'm just shooting everything's going to be out in the you know convention center or whatever. And I don't need it because it's it's you know it's a heavy camera and it's got lens. You know, it's a lot of extra weight that I don't need, but I'll bring it back to the Creative Summit next year. So what are you going to shoot with at NAB? With my iPhone. 4K on my iPhone mm -hmm. and 6K on my Lumix mm -hmm. S5 2X. It's mm -hmm. 6K open gate. It's a three by two aspect ratio film of frame so no absolutely the iphone 15 pro max because number number one there's two things about it number one you can record to external ssd and then you can record apple log apple ProRes log is a game changer it is absolutely a game changer now going back to the black magic camera app with apple you can only record one flavor of apple ProRes Log with their camera app. The only flavor you can record is ProRes HQ. Not even regular ProRes mm -hmm. or ProRes LT. It's always ProRes HQ. Always. Black Magic, you can choose 
all the different flavors of ProRes, and you can record in H.264 and H.265 mm-hmm. in Apple Law mm-hmm. with the Blackmagic camera app. Mm-hmm. So I don't record in H.265 or H.264, but I do go down to ProRes LT. That's 4K ProRes LT. It saves me some space when I record Apple Log. But you can also record natively. The f-stop is fixed because of the lens, at least that I've seen. But you have white balance, you have ISO controls, you have all these other controls, autofocus and stuff with the Blackmagic camera. Apple featured it in their in their October iPhone event. Yeah, it's they wonderful. Sh- I, I was shooting on the Blackmagic Pocket 6K with a gorgeous uh, Canon CineLens, the 50 1.3. But I was using the iPhone 15 <laughs> Pro Max as my second camera. So I'm kind of going through that now and and looking at it. I mean, I think it's going to be fine. I think it's going to look really yeah. good. It's The footage is phenomenal. Yeah. It's absolutely phenomenal. I mean, I, I get the new phone every year because it's my primary camera. Aren't we it's lucky? Everywhere I go. Aren't we I lucky? Have, I, I mean, think about in the old days, we were walking around with beta cams and I mean, when we went to digital, <laughs> went, went from the big cameras to what we call the smaller cameras, still a big camera, the beta cams. Right. Unbelievable. I feel so lucky. Did you take a look at all at the new uh, MacBook Pros or have you thought about that? Because because I think I need to get a new laptop and I'm kind of looking at that, figuring out what I, to priced, I was looking at the M3 because I have an M1 Max mm. and I was looking at the M3. And when I saw the price of my machine was over $5,000. I stopped looking. I said, no, I'm going to wait till either there's a sale on it. B&H mm. has sale on those MacBook Pros a lot, especially when the M when the M4 is getting ready to be launched. Sometimes it'll be one or $2,000 off the mm-hmm. M3s. So I'm waiting. I, first off, the M1 Max that I have is fantastic. There's no reason I want to replace it. Yeah. I did, it's just doing so fantastic that I was going to get the M3, you know, to kind of a knee-jerk reaction. If Steve Jobs was still there, I probably would have bought it already. He would have talked me into it. <laughs> but he, since he's not there, I, I held a little bit. Absolutely, I think they're a fantastic, fantastic. They're a step up from the M2, and the M2, of course, is a step up from the M1. But they're a bigger step up if you're still on Intel machines. They're dramatic. Yeah. They're through the roof step up if they're if you're on an Intel machine. Well, I've I've um I've sort of switched out my laptop so many times. I mean, I've put new drives in it, but it's it's a it's an Intel machine. By the way, B and H is having a sale right now on right. on the laptop. So you are absolutely right. People should if you do want one, go check it out. I think I'm gonna wait. I just, I think I'm gonna wait. I am too. I am too. When I saw that price, five thousand, it was like fifty two hundred dollars. I said, "No, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna sink that in a laptop." When this one's doing so well, the only reason I have the laptop versus I used to have just iMacs and Mac Pros is for when I travel to the Creative Summit and to NAB. I need a laptop there. The iPad won't do because I do eCam Live and stuff. Yeah. So at the Creative Summit, I live streamed eight hours at the creative summit that's right and every morning i live streamed eight hours yeah not every morning i mean total eight hours i live streamed reporting what happened that day interview i put some interviews up 
So people that couldn't make the Creative Summit, which there's the majority of Final Cut Pro users, since there's 5 million probably, and only 150 to 200 could make the summit, there's a lot of people that couldn't make it. So I live streamed over eight hours while at the Creative Summit. Plus, I did an interview with Cine D. They interviewed me after the day that Final Cut Pro 10.7 was announced. All in all, I had probably 10 hours that I live streamed, which is exactly what I wanted to do. Yeah. Richard, you constantly, am, oh, <laughs> there's me laughing as usual. There you go. <laughs> wait a minute. Let's watch. This is the strangest way I've ever live streamed before. Are we live? We're live? And the whole world is wishing they were here with us, right? A lot of the product appropriate. Yeah, yeah. Like presentation I had so much fun. It was so beautiful. I mean, even the grounds and the way they had the fruit trees and the oh, different yeah. types of grasses and the beautiful what they call the ring. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It was it was nice. And all the employees were amazing. Today was great. The entry level is just incredible. Yeah. We're here with all our friends. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I told everybody this morning that you had obtained cream for my coffee last oh. week. <laughs> that whole scenario. That's a big deal to me. It is. It was so good this morning. Well, I was looking to have people up this morning. I had I know, cream for my coffee. I know. I was thinking about you because I was in my room. I was actually working managing media all morning. But I had cream in my coffee, and I'm thinking I'll bet Richard's having cream in his coffee too. Uh, yeah, very strong coffee with yeah. a lot of cream. <laughs> I haven't seen that yet. <laughs> I, I I streamed about an hour of the expo uh, live, and you know, as much as I could. There was some some of the footage turned out a little bit grainy, so I put a cartoon effect on it when I put it out. So, so it's not quite as noticeable, but I, you know, I, I love live streaming stuff for people who can't make it there. Yeah. So an idea of what it looks like, yeah. not, not an article later or a couple of clips later, you can actually watch the event yeah. that's happening, which is what I like doing. Besides the eight hours of live streaming that I did, I have 1.5 terabytes of footage from the creative oh 1.5 terabytes of create of creative footage of creative summit footage that i have to go through now that i got a scrolling timeline it's, it's a lot it's a lot easier i can do that yeah but i much footage that i shot when i was there you know richard you've been doing this for so many years i mean i've seen you at so many of these events you're you've you capture a lot you could do an entire We've already done one documentary that I know of right. about it, but you've yes. got the whole history. I think yes. you have an entire library of very valuable footage that you captured. Do. Yeah, incredible memories from all of this. So tell people where they can go to see the live feed. Um, where is it? It's on YouTube, I'm sure, right? Where do they go? To YouTube.com Richard Taylor TV is the main place. You know, that's my YouTube channel. That's kind of like where everything is centered around. I mean, I have fcpx.tv. I'm listed on Apple's website twice for Final Cut Pro resources or community or whatever. Both the, the Final Cut Pro radio podcast is listed there 
and the fcpx.tv website are both listed. I'm trying to get Final Cut TV listed so I can have three. <laughs> I haven't been successful. I think they probably think two is enough. I don't know. Um, three is the charm. Well, the, the thing is that Final Cut TV is something that I've added in the last year. Mm -hmm. Is consistently on Saturdays. Final Cut TV and coffee is on Saturday mornings. I think I'm switching from 10 a.m. to 9 a.m. because last week we had an Australian, an Aussie was on because it was late at night there, but not too late that they couldn't get on. So Saturday mornings, Final Cut Pro community gets together, worldwide community gets together, and we talk about what else? Final Cut, Post. This week, I think I'm going to talk about bugs that people are seeing in 10.7. We're going to maybe do that because they are seeing some bugs to report. My show is different than other people's Final Cut shows. I let the audience talk. Mm -hmm. Okay. The audience make, comes in and they make comments and I put them up on screen and we discuss them and they put up tips. For example, our my podcast, the uh, Final Cut TV was the first podcast that said right after first off we were out within 30 minutes of final cut pro 10.7 going live we were live within 30 minutes wow. of final cut that came out at 1 30 eastern we were live <laughs> at two o'clock that's awesome we were live at two on that episode one of our listeners said hey you can make a keyboard shortcut to enable or disable the scrolling timeline so go. we were absolutely the first source of that information my final cut tv so yeah well like i said yeah, i'm never turning it, it off it's the best yeah i'm never turning it off richard i know you're really busy i really appreciate you coming on it's always always fun talking to you and i encourage everybody to go check out all of your shows you're an amazing you really are a renaissance man you are you're an editor you're a director a producer a musician carpenter you worked in construction you're yes, a I gardener did. uh you built jane the most amazing what do you call it hot house yes greenhouse greenhouse the most amazing and, greenhouse and you're out there chopping wood and i well, really no, admire well, you very much one of my favorite things to do and i use a final cut pro of course is I'm an animal advocate yeah. and I do pro bono work for local animal rescues. I have four main ones that I work with. And that is one of the things that I'm most passionate about and most proud about Yeah, working with that. But one other thing before we go, I want to talk about uh, at the Creative Summit, one of the highlights of my Creative Summit and also something that we will remember is our escapade looking for a coffee cream i mentioned it in that one thing we're so we're looking for coffee because we at the aloft i said where can i get half and half oh you have to go you know 10 miles this way <laughs> no i need half and half I, I you know i got to get half and half i have it sorted out at nab i know exactly where to go to nab i walk and get it and put it in the refrigerator and when at the juniper the same way i walk across the street to sprouts and can get it there but this this time is like, where am I going to get half and half? So <laughs> we went in a Tesla. <laughs> we went in a Tesla at nighttime. That thing had the biggest screen I've ever seen. How big was that screen? It's, it's gigantic. Yeah, you like the screen in my Tesla. <laughs> well, because it, it's, it's bigger than an iPad. 
Yeah, it is actually. I don't know yeah. how big it is. I haven't measured it. It's very easy to read though. You know what? Traveling, yes. everybody says, oh, I don't want, I don't want to have to stop to charge up. But I found on the trip, I had to stop a couple of times and charge. And it makes you get out of the car, sure. have something to eat. You take a break. It's so much more relaxing. And it's obviously very comfortable in there. I, I right. just really had, really enjoyed the trip. And but it was I enjoyed fun looking the, for half and half with you. Absolutely. <laughs> in a Tesla. I'm going around, you know, Cupertino slash Santa Clara in a Tesla. I've never been in a Tesla before. But the, the other funny thing was from, from me, since I've never been in a Tesla, we go to the parking lot and it's all Teslas. Yeah, everywhere. Everybody yeah. is Tesla. Which one is yours? Well, you have to, of course, you got to beep it. And then, it, hi, Serena, come over here and open the door. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a fun that was a fun trip. I'm glad you were there. And you'll be you'll be actually pleased speaking of animals that I just bought the Godoc. It's the LC500R light stick um, because it's very portable and you can do colors and you can do all kinds of things with it. Because one of the things I'm going to start offering to people, I did it with my animals and I realized how precious those pictures are is to to let people know that if they have an animal that's almost at end of life and they want a portrait of their animal with them, that I will go to their house. Um, I can't do it every day, obviously, but but I think it's wonderful to, to help them get a portrait of their animal, uh, their beloved pet before the pet yes. passes. And, um, you know, some people wait until after they've passed, but those pictures are just different. I have some with my animals that that have crossed over and they're it's wonderful because they're so precious and so, yes they are they are yeah so i'll and let you know deserve, how i like the light stick yeah yeah they deserve the best from us yeah they do they're just every one of them every one of them so wonderful and loyal and amazing and if we're very lucky we have human friends that are like that as well and Absolutely. you're one of those for me, Richard. Thank you for coming on. He's Richard Taylor. I'm Serena Catania. And you've been listening to OWC Radio. And thank you to Larry O'Connor and the whole team over there for sponsoring the show so I can talk to wonderful people like Richard. Happy holidays, Merry everybody. Merry Christmas. Absolutely. <laughs> Thanks, Serena. Thank you, Richard. Take care. It's been wonderful. Bye. Absolutely. OWC Radio is sponsored by Otherworld Computing, delivering perfectly tailored workflow solutions for every tech user with trusted storage, connectivity, software, and expansion products, and 24-7 U.S.-based technical support. OWC believes in making a better world where technology inspires imagination and everything is possible. Find your solution at maxsales.com.